With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Newt News. This is the first episode we've gotten to record since the Cardinals made a flurry of moves leading up to last Tuesday's trade deadline. Um, we're going to break down all five trades, including, if you go a little bit back, the Henesis Cabrera trade. Um, so we're each going to assign them a grade, and then we're going to assign the team a grade as a whole. After that, I'm hoping to cover um, you know, some prospect stuff that's been going on. Some exciting debuts have also been made within the system. Uh, Kloffenstein went last night and was excellent with AAA. So we'll get into all that uh, up next. All right, so we're going to start, I guess, uh, with the first trade that happened. We're going to go chronologically. So the Henesis Cabrera trade, probably the least impactful of the five, um, but we'll assign it a grade anyway. What, what do you think, Andrew? Um, yeah, the Henesis Cabrera DFA was a bit of a puzzle for me. Um, I wasn't really sure why yeah. that was done instead of like DFAing like Kyle Leahy or like a number of yeah. other arms that have been a lot worse than than Cabrera this this season. 505 ERA for us was really not good, but um, I mean – for a guy who has the stuff that Henesis Cabrera has, I would say that that might have been a little bit premature. I think something in the clubhouse definitely has had to have happened between him and like some coaching staff or between some teammates. Possible. Um, yeah, uh, we've we saw him and Ollie have a little bit of a scuffle on the mound last year, where he like spiked the ball. Yeah. It was just not not okay um, by him. Yeah. We didn't really get anything in return. I think we got like a 19 year old catching prospect from Toronto, but that's what you get when you DFA a guy. Um, yeah, I was still a little bit confused. He was pretty good in a few of his outings, but uh, I think he had a blow up outing against the Orioles the other day. So he's been about what you would expect out of Hennessy's Cabrera. Um, I don't know. I, I give this this trade a B. I think it's like fine. Uh, Cabrera is not really going to play into our 2024 plans really anyway. He spent some time in the minors last year and to open this year. I don't really think there were many future plans for him, but we also didn't get anything back. So it's just kind of a whatever trade. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, the the story of Hennessy Cabrera in St. Louis is always going to be um, a little bit of a downer, right? You go back to 2021, um, coming off the 2022 or the 2020 season, where Cabrera was one of the best relievers in the National League, 22 innings, had an ERA under 2.5, seemed like a really reliable guy. In 2021, they used him a ton at the beginning of the year, and he was dynamite. Um, I mean, you look at this stuff on July 2nd, okay? Cabrera made his 38th appearance of the year. Um, and had a two six one ERA when he came out of that game. Uh, I mean, he was he was straight up dominant that year. He was striking guys out. He wasn't allowing runs. Um, and then all of a sudden, something happened. And since then, Cabrera has just not been the same with the Cardinals. Um, you saw his ERA balloon uh, throughout the rest of the year. Eventually, you know, uh, had a horrible month of August. Okay, month of September, but not really. And then in 2022 and 2023, just hasn't been the same guy. Uh, like Andrew, you mentioned, the the upside is tantalizing. Someone from the left side throwing 98 with a funky arm angle and a really, really good slider. You know, he generates whiffs on about 50% of those sliders. So it's really, really good, but the control's just not there. He's walking over five per nine this year. 
Um, he's just not the same guy. So I understood why the Cardinals felt they needed to move on. I also, like you mentioned, think there probably were some personal things, uh, maybe stuff going on in the clubhouse. So, and, and the guy they got back, Sammy Hernandez, uh, you mentioned 19 year old catching prospect, not a lot of data on him right now playing in rookie ball. Uh, he does have a couple home runs since coming over. <laughs> he's got above average power. I've heard that. Uh, he's got a solid power tool. Um, supposedly he's got a lot of good intangibles. They call him a student of the game. So very, very raw, but we've seen the Cardinals develop lots of good catchers. Um, so, you know, Yadier Molina and then all the way down Kisner Herrera, you know, these are guys that make it to the MLB level. Carson Kelly is another example. So, um, I wouldn't be shocked if the Cardinals are able to get something out of this. I'm probably going to say something similar. I'm going to go with a B, you know, it's all right. You got something for Cabrera. It looks like he wasn't going to fit in anymore. Um, basically a rental. The other thing is Cabrera could not be sent down, uh, since he was out of option years. So DFA probably made the most sense for the Cardinals there. Yeah. Um, I said it before. I still think Genesis Cabrera has a potential. You put him like into the Dodgers or Rays guardians pitching lab. And I think he has the potential to be like a Josh Hader type closer, but I just think that was going to work in St. Louis. Like he, like Hader, he throws 99, 98 mile per hour fastball has this really good sweeping slider. But I mean, it seems like uh, with some of these other trades that we'll get to the Cardinals pitching development needs, needs a lot of work. So um, wasn't really good fit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so after that, the next trade the Cardinals made, I believe, was the Jordan Hicks trade. Uh, that came in right before the Montgomery trade. So we'll get to that now. The Cardinals traded Jordan Hicks to the Jays. Uh, in return, they acquired Sam Roberso and Adam Kloffenstein, I believe are the names. Uh, yeah, so Roberso is uh, a bit younger than Kloffenstein. He's a double-A pitching prospect. He's actually from uh, the Netherlands, which is pretty cool. Is it the Netherlands or Denmark? Eh, one of the two. Um, but he's pitched professionally over there, so that's good. He's got a lot of experience. Um, apparently, he's pretty highly regarded in the Blue Jays system. Slotson is the Cardinals' number six prospect. Um, and then the other guy, Kloffenstein, is a little bit less exciting. I would say he's got a lower ceiling. Um, but actually, I've heard a lot of good things about him. Some people think the Cardinals really got a steal here. He was fantastic last night at AAA. Um, so I think this was another solid move for the Cardinals. I actually like this a little bit better because I think what we got back, there is upside. If everything works out here, the Cardinals could have two major league caliber pitchers for, you know, half a season of a guy that people wanted to DFA three months ago. Uh, the Cardinals capitalized on Jordan Hicks's value when it reached an all-time high. This is probably the most valuable Hicks was since I would say before he got hurt in 2019. Um, you know, Hicks was a guy who, had a seven something ERA people were calling for him to be removed from the team saying he shouldn't be on the mound anymore. He gets right. And then three months later, the Cardinals flip him for two very solid pitching prospects who will both compete for a role in a rotation spot, at least at some point next year. Uh, I'm going to give this trade an A minus. I think it was really well done by the Cardinals. I think Mo held on to Hicks. And I think that plays into this as well. It was a great decision to hold on to Hicks, stabilize your bullpen and then to flip him at the right moment. I think it's a great move. Yeah. Um, I think Hicks was a guy that there were extension talks beforehand, and I wasn't really the biggest proponent of extending Hicks. Uh, relievers are really volatile, and I think Hicks is yeah. probably the biggest example of that in recent memory, bar like Alex Reyes in 2021. That was yeah, that was a bit of a wild one. But um, yeah, um, the reports were that Hicks wanted a three-year deal. I think that's what he was offered by the Cardinals, and he turned that down. I'm pretty glad that he turned that down because I think three years is more of Hicks. 
a guy, as you said, we wanted to DFA him like three months ago. So um, is he really going to be worth three years? I think maybe one or one with like an option probably would have been better if he really wanted to do that. I think there were rumors that he wanted to like start. He wants an opportunity in his next contract to be a starter. I don't think he has starter stuff. Um, he plays very much as a closer, got that high octane fastball, not a lot of command, but um, yeah, I, I think he's the, I think him as a starter is just Dakota Hudson who can throw hundred miles an hour. It's not really something I'm that interested in. Um, he gets more strikeouts than Hudson, but the walks are going to be horrible. Um, I'm going to give this trade an A. I think the guys that we got back um, have a lot of upside. And for Hicks, a guy that I didn't really want to stick around, and I was thinking that they might not even trade him. I'm very glad that we got a good return for him. And, I mean, maybe if he doesn't get that deal that he wants uh, this offseason, we might be able to bring him back on a shorter-term deal, maybe with a club option, a buyout, or something like that. Yeah, I mean, for as good as Hicks was for that three-month, or I guess two-month stretch with the Cardinals, his season numbers still don't look that great. You know, a 3.8 ERA, only 0.3 war. I know he's a closer. I know war is not always great for relievers, but obviously you can see um, his total value wasn't that fantastic. Now he got a lot of strikeouts, which is something you really like about Hicks. Um, This year he's been excellent in that regard, you know, uh, 12.2 strikeouts per nine on the season. But like Andrew mentioned, the walks are really bad. Still five walks per nine. Now, he hasn't been walking a lot of guys since he turned it around. Obviously, he's not just walking the house every time he comes in. But you still never know when he's going to have that blow-up outing. Um, I really agree with you. I think it's a really good deal for the Cardinals. Um, And perhaps they bring back Hicks over the offseason, which would make everything even better. Um, Hicks, I I think I disagree with you a little bit on his potential as a starter. If Hicks wants a chance to actually stretch out properly and compete as a starter, that's fine. If he wants to throw 100 miles an hour, if he can keep that sinker low in the zone, I do think he's a lot better than Dakota Hudson. He has better off-speed pitches and can actually, and, and better breaking ball, uh, and can actually induce swing and miss, which Hudson did for the first time I've ever seen last time out, which was awesome. <laughs> but in general, Hudson does not do that. Um, for the next deal, happened about 10 minutes after that. I was at the game for both of these. The Cardinals shipped out Jordan Montgomery and Chris Stratton. Uh, in exchange, they got Takal Roby, Thomas Sejaci, and John King. So John King started with the major league club. Um, he's a reliever came up back in 2020. So this is his fourth season. Uh, although they've been abbreviated. So he has more service time. He, uh, looked really good in his start, you know, got three ground balls, uh, in the eighth inning of the Cardinals three, one or three to two loss against the twins game. One of that series, um, King was solid lone blemish on his record that night. Uh, Byron Buxton torched uh, a ball. He left up in the zone, like 117 miles an hour for a double, but King worked around it. You know, great appearance by him. The other two, uh, Sujazi's an infielder. He's sort of the Brandon Donovan mold, but Donovan's kind of a unicorn in that sense. I'm cautious before calling someone else Brandon Donovan. Don't want to get anyone's hopes up. But Sujazi uh, has dominated everywhere he's been offensively, has a little bit of flexibility, can play a bunch of positions. I think he's uh, he's got potential. He'll probably make a major league roster. Um, and the ceiling's pretty high with him, you know, could be a type of Donovan line drive contact hitter. Uh, and the last guy to call Roby has the highest ceiling of any of these immediately slots in as the Cardinals number four prospect, um, been compared to Gordon Graceffo in terms of ceiling. So he could be a front of the rotation guy he has a really good fastball. Um, all of his pitches, he, he's got the potential to throw four plus pitches. That's ace material stuff. Unfortunately, he's got a bit of an injury history. Roby's currently rehabbing down in Florida. We really hope to see him healthy by the end of the year. There hasn't been a lot of information put out about that. Um, but again, with the ceiling here, 
I think the Cardinals made another great move. I would give this one a B plus, maybe an A minus. I'm going to say B plus for now, um, just because of Roby's injury. But this is the type of move that could, you know, the Cardinals could be saying in a couple of years, wow, I can't believe we got a starting infielder and somebody who's pitching at the front of our rotation. So I think this was another Mo masterclass. Yeah, I think um, this deal is pretty much a no-brainer. Uh, Montgomery's the guy I wanted to extend at the start of the season, but uh, once yeah. I realized that he was a Boris client, that's pretty much <laughs> at that point. Yeah. Um, so the, our best shot of getting him back is, is to sign him in free agency, so that wasn't really going to happen mm-hmm. anyway. Um, so yep. I think the the prospects we got back, the one issue I have with it is so JC, um, he's an infielder, and I thought that by getting him, we would be bolstering our infield like farm depth. And we'd be prepared to move on from one of our infielders, specifically Tommy Edmond, who's come back and he's looked pretty good yeah. um, since he's come back off the injured list. Um, I, I do really like Tommy Edmond. He's one of my favorite players, but I don't think that he really has much of a much more of a future with this team. And I think parting with him at this deadline to get some like real major league ready pitching would have been better. That's not really the fault of this trade. Maybe the Cardinals trade Edmond this offseason, but um, who really knows on, on with that regard. I think a B plus is, is fair. Um, according to Fangraphs, Roby's the 64th uh, highest ranked prospect in all of baseball. That's really, really promising, especially for a pitcher. Yeah. Um, I think Libertor, I don't think, was ever ranked that high in, in some of those rankings. Um, we've seen what he's, he's yeah. been doing. I think he had a decent start the other day. Um, we can talk more about that later. But um, you mentioned that yeah. he's injured right now. He's rehabbing. That's not great to see, especially with pitchers. Um, hopefully it's not yeah. like an injury or anything. You know more about about those guys than I do. Um, and John King, solid throw in. I think Chris Stratton was like a guy that a lot of people were a lot higher on than I was. I wasn't a huge Chris Stratton fan. He kind of just sure. whenever the whenever we needed we needed a guy to do that. Um, so I mean, good throw in for John King. I don't really think he's gonna be that big of a player, but if he gives us solid innings eat some innings uh, down the stretch for us. That's, that's really positive. Yeah. Um, you know, like you said, I, th- I think King will be in the 2024 bullpen. Um, I think he has the potential to be a solid reliever. He had two decent seasons with Texas 2021 and 2022. He hasn't been nearly that good this year, but hopefully the Cardinals can return him to form. You know, he was a three, five, three, eight ERA guy at that point, throwing about 45 to 60 innings a year. So I would definitely take that. Um, but yeah, like you said, the ceiling here is really good. It's, it's a very good deal. And I wanted to mention real quick before we move on, Chris Stratton, like Jordan Hicks, is a guy that at one point a lot of people wanted to get rid of. There were people calling for his DFA over the offseason. Then um, he looked really bad in spring training. People thought he might be gone. So it's good, again, to see the Cardinals turn that guy into something with value, um, ship him off to Texas. And, you know, I really do hope that he and Montgomery see success there. Um, I, I don't like when the Cardinals trade someone and they fall off. Uh, that's not what we're looking for. So another good move by Mo. Yeah, probably a B plus, maybe an A minus. Um, so after that, the Cardinals managed to trade DeYoung to the Blue Jays. I think this is the move I like the least. Um, the guy they got back, Matt Svonson, he's 24. He's still at double A. He's a reliever. That's very old for that level. Thankfully, he's been dominating the level. Um, I believe he has an ERA under 1.5. But 24 at AA shows that the organization has not promoted you aggressively, which often shows they don't have a ton of faith in that prospect. Um, so it's something I'm not super excited about. Now, hopefully the Cardinals will start him at AAA, and hopefully he'll compete for a bullpen role at some point next year, probably 2025. Um, but again, I just think he's the least interesting arm we got back. And I think DeYoung had more value than the Cardinals 
um, got for him here. You know, DeYoung has the team control. He's been very solid this year. He's been better than average, uh, about average offensively, much better than average defensively, better than a lot of shortstops in the league right now. So it's a little disappointing. Um, I'm going to give this deal probably a C plus. I think I'm a little bit higher than you on this deal. Um, DeYoung is a, another guy that um, we wanted to DFA for not, not just this season, but like for yeah. years and years. Yeah. So um, the guy we got, Swanson, um, he's actually in high A. Uh, the Blue Jays just called him up to double A and didn't make a single outing um, before then. DeYoung's being paid quite a bit by the Cardinals this season. And for what the Blue Jays are looking at, which is a Bobichet replacement, I think – um, there's really not that much you could have gotten back out of him. I think the Dodgers were the best trade candidate, but then they got a couple of shortstops. Yeah. I think they got Kike back. Um, they got another guy yeah. who I'm forgetting right now, but there really wasn't that much uh, of a market for DeYoung. Most of those like competing teams have a shortstop. You can probably name a lot of them. Maybe the Yankees would have been a, a good fit. I don't know. They have a lot of mid-tier shortstops yeah. that are very good. Um, Volpe. But, yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think the biggest knock on the Steyung trade is that you know you should have uh, you should have traded him earlier to a team that actually needed him before a lot of those other like mid tier shortstops were off the market. I think the Dodgers probably weren't that interested in Steyung because of the contract, and the Cardinals probably would have had to send some more money. Not really sure about that, but I guess would you give it a C plus? I think I think a B minus C plus. That's that's about the same thing. So we'll, we'll go with that. Yeah, honestly, I, I wasn't really thinking about this before, but we also sent cash. That's going to drop it right to a C for me. I just, again, I think DeYoung had more value than the Cardinals got for him. DeYoung already has, uh, I think, 14 home runs, maybe 13, but almost 15 home runs, less than 300 at-bats. He's on 30 homer per 162 pace for the year. Um, he's got an OPS, at least with the Cardinals, he had an OPS near 740. That's not bad. Not bad for a guy who you just hope will bat 230 and hit about 25 home runs, which is exactly what DeYoung was doing while playing premium defense. Um, obviously, he's not going to be the Blue Jays starter. That's why they're not going to pay up for him. You know, they've got Bichette, who I heard the injury wasn't severe, so that's good for them, good for him. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a little disappointing for a guy who this year has been better than Carlos Grant, Trey Turner, Javier Baez. Um, DeYoung has had a very decent year. And with those club, you know, club options are really good. The team has all the leverage there. Uh, really hoped the Cardinals would be able to get a little bit more for him, but it's fine. It's a, it's a small deal. Uh, the last trade the Cardinals made in the closing minutes of the deadline, uh, throwback to Montgomery, Bader vibes, uh, Flaherty was dealt to the Orioles. In return, the Cardinals received ooh, left-handed pitcher Drew Rom, infielder Cesar Prieto, and then also a young pitcher named Zach Showalter, who I think is the most interesting arm, maybe out of anybody they got back besides Roby, but we'll get to that. Andrew, what were your initial thoughts with this deal? Yeah, Flaherty's a guy that I also um, want to trade. I think all of these guys. I wanted the Cardinals to make more moves than they actually did. We can go into that um, yeah. final final grades. Um but yeah, um, a lot of pitching on the market um, for the Orioles to look into. I think they were in on Verlander for a second before he went back to Houston. So I think it was a good fit all around. The Orioles have a really, really good lineup. Um, and I think we got a pretty decent return for Flaherty. Um, the the one knock I would give on this trade is that I don't think um, the Cardinals really got the best out of Flaherty. Like I watched his outing the other day. 
looked at some of the yeah. numbers. He was he was hitting like 97, 98 on the on the gun. And I, I don't think he had done that for a couple of years in St. Louis. Maybe he's just amped up. We'll have to see what happens um in the future yeah. the Orioles. But I think that's just another example of the Cardinals coaching or development or whatnot, just not getting the most out of your players. Um, that's really not something you want to see. Um, the at bat with DeYoung was pretty fun though when he we got him swinging on, on that like slider. Uh-huh. That was pretty that was pretty fun to yeah. watch. Um, classic DeYoung, classic Flaherty. That's exactly what you would expect to happen in that at bat. Um, I think we got some exciting prospects back. I think Showalter has a lot of potential upside as you mentioned. Not really sure why we got this this infielder. Again, we have too many infielders, and we should have traded more of them. If you were going to get infield depth, then you should have traded more infielders at the deadline. But um, I don't know. Overall, pretty decent trade. I go with a go with a B plus. So for this deal, um, like I said before, I'm very very excited about Showalter. He's 19, so teenage pitchers usually are still in rookie ball, but Showalter's already playing full season ball um, and looks really really good. His numbers are awesome. He has the potential to throw at least three or four plus to plus plus pitches. Um, you know, he immediately slots into the Cardinals top 20 prospects. There's only one other prospect in the Cardinals top 30 as young as him. Uh, and that would be Jonathan Mejia, who we all know was a highly touted international signing a couple of years ago. So this is very, very good. Uh, this is a guy that Cardinals should be excited about, has a lot of potential. Uh, the other two, Rom, a little less interesting. He had, was okay last year. Uh, between double A AA and triple A this year, whole season at triple A hasn't been great. Um, but he should debut for Memphis relatively soon. He's a lefty Cardinals love their lefties. Um, I could see Rom out of anybody except John King. I think Rom is the most likely to play this year for the Cardinals of all players acquired. Uh, I think he has a chance to, to get a shot at a rotation spot. I think we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but that's one of my goals for the Cardinals for the rest of the year, find one member of the 2024 rotation. And I think Rom's going to get a chance. Um, the last guy Prieto, like you said, not sure why the Cardinals get an infielder. I actually don't hate the move to acquire a couple infielders. I, I don't ever have a problem with the Cardinals getting the most talented player available. So if the O's tell them you can have this infielder who is worth this much, or you can have another pitcher, but he's going to be a lot less valuable or less talented. I'll take the infielder. Uh, always bet on talent. I don't have the car. I don't have a problem with the Cardinals um, bolstering their position player depth. I obviously don't want them to become tunnel visioned on pitching and then stop developing good position players. So I don't have a problem with them acquiring him or Sujazi. They, they both have ceiling of at least reaching major league baseball and, you know, maybe being a regular at some point. So I don't really have a problem with it. I, I really like this deal. I think it's an A minus for me. Um, the most frustrating part is probably watching Flaherty throw 97. And then wondering why he was throwing 94 here. Um, so yeah, that's about it for me. Uh, we're going to get into grading the trade deadline as a whole. Um, so Andrew, why don't you take it away there? Um, yeah, I think the Cardinals made the, the moves that they made were pretty good. Um, not too many issues with those. The moves yeah. that they didn't make, I think, is more of what I have an issue with. I think we did not address our outfield logjam at all. Burleson is still on the yeah. roster. O'Neill is still on the roster. Carlson is also still on the roster. Newport and Walker, obviously, were untouchable at the deadline. So I think you should have traded at least one or two of those guys. Um, we mentioned that you had to pick between Donovan and uh, Edmund as your um, utility infielder, like second base shortstop kind of guy. We didn't yeah. do that either. We kept both of them. Uh, Nolan Gorman is still on the team. I definitely didn't want to part with him unless it was for a really, really good major league ready pitcher. Um, I don't know. The only the only bat that we traded away was DeYoung, and I don't think we really 
bolster our rotation that much for the 2024 season. Like, yeah, we have some exciting prospects, but we don't have any proven major league starters yet. Um, And I think that's what Mo kind of promised. Um, I think that was part of the implication was that we were going to go and shop for like, um, say, a Clark Schmidt or a beater from the Yankees in exchange for Carlson. I know um, the Yankees were in on Carlson. I don't know if I would have made that deal immediately because I still think Carlson has some good upside, but I think you needed to make a decision on your outfield and your middle infield, and you you didn't quite do that. So overall, I'm going to give the trade deadline about a B. Um, the trades that you made were really good, but you didn't you didn't make as many moves as you had to get done. Um, we didn't see any of the the big chips that we were into um, get traded at the deadline. So that still yeah. means that we can do it in the offseason. Dylan ceased and get moved. Shane Bieber's been hurt. So we, who knows what's going to go on with that. But yeah, none of those really young control arms got moved either. So I'm not too worried about it, but I think something has to be done pretty quickly. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you, right? The moves the Cardinals did make on the whole, very, very positive. Um Probably if I was just grading those moves, I'd probably say an A, you know, Mo Masterclass for sure. Um, but I agree. It, it is about the moves the Cardinals didn't make. Obviously, I really would have liked to see them acquire a starting pitcher. Um, but as you can see, nobody outside the rentals really moved anyway. Um, you mentioned Dylan C stayed put. The Mariners' young arms all stayed put. The Marlins' young arms. Uh, the Yankees' young arms. None of these guys really moved around. And so I think that shows you that market just never really came together. Um, you know, Mo doesn't like to set the market, but perhaps the market just was never there. I- I'm sure Mo called. I'm sure Mo talked to DePoto. I'm sure uh, Mo talked to Kim Ng down in Miami. I'm sure he had conversations with Cashman um, up in New York. And I-, I just have a feeling this market really never developed. So I, I can't really fault Mo for that. Um, it does need to be addressed in the offseason now. And it really stinks to kick this can down the road another 90 days because uh, that's how long we're going to have to wait for the, you know, um, transactions to unfreeze again. <sighs> but <laughs> yeah, I think the Cardinals can do something in the meantime though. And and that's what I want to get into. So I would say right now, my gut reaction is to give this an A minus. Um, can't really fault Mo for what wasn't possible, but at the same time, I would have liked to see him try anyway. Uh, like you said, it would have been nice to trade an outfielder, but I understand hanging on to him. Look, if Tyler O'Neill proves to you that he's healthy in these last six games, why not? I think 2021 O'Neill is something that Dylan Carlson, even at his peak, will not be. I think Dylan Carlson is never going to provide those power numbers. I think he's never going to provide that speed. And we've seen what O'Neill's done since he came back. He's been really good. He's arguably been the Cardinals' third best player in that time span. So I understand if they want to hang on to him. Now, what I'm saying about O'Neill, make him plan A, make someone else plan B, and then trade the last guy. So you do still need to trade Carlson in this probably, and that'd be okay with me. Um, make Burleson plan B. Burleson's been really good since the break. Burleson seems like a guy who's going to be a productive hitter. I'd be fine with him being your fourth outfielder. Um, so yeah, again, this needs to be viewed in the context of what happens over the next three months, which for me all revolves around one thing. The Cardinals need to find one. They need to identify one member of the 2024 rotation to pitch alongside Mats and Michaelis. I'm not sure who it's going to be. It could be McGreevy. It could be Drew Rom. It could be Kloffenstein. It has to be somebody though. They have to find somebody who's capable of making it so that they enter the offseason with more than half of their rotation intact. Yeah, um, one of the guys, I think Libertor, Grisafo, McGreevy are some of the names that could be a slotting into that rotation next year. We need to fill three rotation spots. Yeah. Two of those, yeah. presumably with like one or two caliber pitchers, like ace caliber pitchers. I think one of those guys is going to have to come uh, via free agency. 
Mo's going to have to spend big on one of those free agents this offseason. Yeah. We're going to have a good team next year. I don't think you get both of those guys via trade. Um, if you go out and you get another guy like a five-tier starter, um, that's also fine, but I would prefer f- for it to come within the organization. So Absolutely. Um, you don't have to go out and spend more money and like you, you end up getting like two, three-caliber pitchers instead of a one-caliber and a two-caliber pitcher. Um, so I think you have to be giving people opportunities. I don't know. Do you think Wayno should still be starting these games or should we like move him to the bullpen to try to try to move an extra start? I know that sounds terrible to say, but he just looked really bad yesterday against the Rockies. I don't know if he should still be getting these opportunities for the benefit of the future team. It really sucks. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You probably have to keep trotting him out there for the rest of the year. It was tough, though, to watch yesterday. Uh, the Rockies ambushed Wayno early. Now, again, Wayno is not good in 2023. Um, I'll say that I believe it. It's a real shame. I hate watching it. Um, he's, he's not been good. But at the same time, he's also been really unlucky. 58-mile-an-hour um, ground ball, rolls up the third baseline, doesn't give Arnauto time to throw him out. 77-mile-an-hour um, fly ball drops <laughs> in left field. And, uh, you know, then a little looper down the line turns into a double. And all of a sudden, Wayno's day is looking pretty over uh, after he allows those three runs in the second. It's just bad luck mixed with not making the right pitch. Wayno doesn't have the strikeout stuff anymore. He got a couple swings and misses yesterday, which was nice. Um, but again, you know, he doesn't have the overpowering stuff. And he doesn't really have enough velocity for most of his stuff to play. Um, it, it's been tough. You know, we're seeing how much Wayno's curve suffers when his fastball can't be established. Um, yeah, I, I do think he's still going to get the two wins. He's got a lot of time. He's probably got 10 to 11, maybe 12 starts, probably not, though. Um, so there, he's going to keep going out there. I just really hope he gets those 200 wins. Yeah, so, I mean, the winner stuff's a bit of a downer right now. Uh, but on the bright side, Nolan Gorman has been awesome. He's got the WRC plus up to 127 uh, as a 23-year-old second baseman with 40 homer potential. He's another unique player in today's game. I mean, we've only seen five players hit 40 home runs as primary second baseman ever. Nolan Gorman's going to do it. He's going to be the sixth. Uh, he's a special talent. We saw him, you know, smash two bombs last night. He's going to hit 30 this year. Um, so he's somebody that if you get the chance to go to the ballpark, go there to watch him. Go there to watch Goldie and Arnado. Cardinals still have a lot of fun names, still have a lot of fun players. Uh, hopefully they give them some opportunities around. I'd love to see them free Nick Dunn or, um, you know, Chase Pinder from AAA and let them get a shot. Uh, but regardless, we're focused on 2024 now. You know, 2023 is over for the Cardinals. It's okay. Hopefully they can isolate some guys who are going to be productive next year. Well, thanks everybody for joining us um, for, you know, a bit of a downer episode of Newt News and a bit of a downer season. Um, on the bright side, the trade deadline was good. Uh, we, we tend to agree that Mo did very, very well, restored some of my faith in him. I think some of Andrew's as well. Um, so that's very good. Hopefully we can see these moves pan out. We're never really going to know for the next, mm, you know, five years, <laughs> whether these were wins or losses or what, you know, it's hard to tell right now. Um, but yeah, this is our initial reactions. Uh, I guess try to enjoy this week of baseball. Hopefully the Cardinals will get a couple wins. We do get to play Oakland. So that's always a plus. Yeah. We'll see you guys next time.